Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Hello everyone, nice to be with you again, and thank you Dad for the opportunity to share the word today. It's a subject that, as Dad has mentioned, he's already laid a platform for me. We're going to be talking about revelation knowledge, the difference between revelation knowledge and head knowledge. And it's a subject that really I grappled with in my in my early walk in Bible school, in the in the fellowship, because I didn't understand the difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge. And I've also seen over the years how people grapple with this. They hear the word of God. They, they, they set in their hearts the desire to believe the word of God and to apply the word of God. But it's just lo- as though it doesn't have life in it yet. It's as though there's no power in it. Although they, they want to believe God for something or take God at his word, the word doesn't seem to produce the results it promises. So where's the problem? Because I started noticing that in my early walk with Christ. I came from a from a religious, conservative, spiritual background. And I came into this church called Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. I got involved in a Bible school where they started teaching me lessons about faith and how to use your faith. And man, I went about just believing God for this, that and the next thing. But not much came of it. And so, you know, I began to ask myself, what's the problem? Where where am I missing it? And it took a few years, years for that to set in. So I want to just share some things concerning that with you today. And somebody a little while ago, I can't remember who it was or how long ago it was, but he said something that really changed the way I think concerning the subject of revelation knowledge. You've often heard it said that, you know, we've got to get the knowledge from our head into our hearts We've got to get head knowledge into our hearts so that it becomes heart knowledge. And what I've begun to learn is that the difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge is not the place in which it resides, but in the place in which it comes from. Head knowledge is knowledge that comes from the mind, whereas heart knowledge comes from the spirit man which is within you. He said the struggle that we had is not from getting things to our, from our head to our hearts, but it's getting things from our hearts that are within our spirit, man, that are within us up to our minds. Revelation is not of the heart. Revelation is of the mind. And that's something that's important to understand. It's not our hearts that need to have a revelation of something. It's our minds that need to have a revelation of something. You see, revelation knowledge is when our thoughts line up with the spiritual realities that are already alive in our hearts. You see, God does the business of renewing our hearts. The day we get born again, we're a new creation. Our hearts are cleansed. We are recreated, the Bible says, in the very image, the likeness, the nature of Jesus Christ. Our hearts are in perfect union and communication with God. There is nothing lacking in our spirit, man. Amen? The place that we have to grow and the task 
that we have to do is in the area of renewing our minds. Turn in your Bibles, please. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. You will know the scripture well, I'm sure. It's going to be very familiar to you. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And it tells us what our responsibility is in this area. I want us to understand today, folks, that when it comes to the area of believing God, when it comes to receiving things from God, we need to understand and get one thing settled clearly in our hearts today. That is that God is not withholding anything from us. And we're going to discover that as I teach you and we go through some scriptures today. God has made everything he has promised for us available to us. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, that had a two-part meaning. Number one, it meant that the work of restoration had been finished. The atonement for our sin had been made. But the other side of that also is it is finished meant that every promise that God made Every blessing that he desires for his people is now settled. It is a done thing. The Bible says that every promise from God in him, in Christ Jesus, is yes and amen. So when it comes to the word of God, when it comes to God fulfilling his word, we need to understand that God has done his part and every all of this is available to us. The struggle we have and the role that we have is to renew our minds. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world. To be conformed means to look like. And in the line of what we're say, talking about tonight, it says, Do not think or reason the way this world thinks or reasons. But be transformed through the renewing of your mind. Renewing is a process. It is not an event. It is a continual process that we will engage in through meditation, through study, through prayer for the rest of our lives. Our minds have, have you know, they say we only use such a small percentage of our minds. We, we are capable of so much more than we, than we actually use. But our job is to be transformed. And how, do we be, how are we transformed? Through the renewing of our minds. And then that scripture goes on to say that you may prove. What is the good and acceptable and the perfect will of God? And we're going to get onto that in a moment. So like I say, revelation knowledge is when our thoughts, our mind, the way we think, begins to change and to be transformed till it lines up with the spiritual realities, the realities and the truth of who Jesus is that is alive within our hearts. When that happens, as the scripture has said, we will prove what is God's good will and acceptable will and his perfect will for us? You see, God is very clear in telling us what his will is for us. And he's telling us that he's good. But you know what they say. I can, I can say I'm going to come to your house and, and you've asked me to bring a pudding. I am going to bring you the best pudding, the best dessert that you have ever, ever eaten. It is a recipe that's been handed down from my granny's granny's granny and is the nicest thing you've ever tasted. And I can talk about it till cows come home. And you're going to say what? The proof is in the eating. The proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the tasting. The proof of this is when it begins to work itself out in our lives and we see for ourselves the good and the perfect and the acceptable will of God for us. But you see, that doesn't happen simply by reading it. Now, read it. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to say that it's not important to read it. Of course, we have to get it in our hearts. But there's something more that is required. As I've said already, the difference between head knowledge 
or natural knowledge and revelation knowledge is that head knowledge is a product of our reasoning. One plus one equals two. The limit, the limiting factor to my reasoning is me. It's my brain. It's my capacity. It's my upbringing. It's my education. There's so many limiting factors on my way of thinking. But heart knowledge is a product of revelation. Now, what is revelation? The word revelation in Greek, if you begin to understand it, it means to uncover, to reveal something that is always there, to reveal the potential, to reveal the life, to reveal the truth, the power of something. It's to uncover a truth that was always there, but perhaps was just beyond your grasp. So an analogy of this, just for fun, might be this. If I go into a shop and I take an item off the shelf and I say to them, I want to buy this. And they say, it's going to cost you so much money. And I could say, you know what? I've got the money. And they go, wonderful. That's great. And you go, here, it's in my wallet. It's, in, it's here. I've got it all here. Here it is. And they say, all right, thank you. Well, it's going to cost you so much. I could say, I've got the money. And they say, yes, but we need the money. Said, but, but I say, it's here. It's in my wallet. And we can go on arguing and arguing. But what's the point? That which is there needs to be revealed. It needs to come out. It needs to be given over to somebody in order to, to, do, to make the transaction. The potential is there. I have my wallet with me. But that needs to come alive and it needs to come out in order to transact. Now, when we talk about revelation knowledge, we need to understand, like I said, head knowledge comes from our reasoning. Revelation knowledge comes from somewhere else. Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16, verse 7. And we're going to start looking at the origin of, of this, this revelation knowledge. And it's important. Matthew 16 and verse 7. Teen, sorry, Matthew 16, 17. Here we have an incident, incident where Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, Who do people say that I am? And they say, well, they start reasoning. And people have been talking and people have been discussing. Who is this Jesus? And their answer is, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And Jesus asks the question and said, but who do you say that I am? And in verse 16, Simon Peter answers and said to him, you are the Christ. The son of the living God. You are the promised Messiah. And Jesus' response is this. Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. We see a difference here. Jesus points something out. You, you can see him stop for a moment and look at Peter and say, that didn't come from you. That didn't come from your, your mind or from your reasoning. That was a revelation. Something that was covered has become uncovered. You couldn't see it before, but now you can. All right, so Jesus says to Peter, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. This is not a natural thing that has happened. This is not according to your reasoning. You couldn't have figured this out. What you have there is a revelation. And the origin, like, like I said, of that knowledge is different. Now, if the origin of the knowledge is different, so are the results. What is the results of natural reasoning? 
It's interesting. If you read the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 55, God says, My ways are not your ways, nor are my thoughts your thoughts. In fact, he says, As far as the heavens are above the earth, so far are my ways, or my ways of thinking, above your ways. Natural reasoning produces natural results. This is why, folks, Jesus is the only way. Because none of us can earn salvation through our good works, through our reasoning, through our self-effort. No matter how much time we want to spend in meditation, no matter how much time we want to spend in self-improvement, in reading the right books, in doing all these things, the only way that we can come to revelation is through an encounter with something that is beyond our natural mind. So if the results of carnality, if the results of human reasoning are death, we understand that revelation produces life. God is the author of life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, the words that, that we receive that come from God have life in them. They are seeds of life. And when we embrace them, they bring about life within us. This is what God gives us for salvation and also for all other aspects of our life. Now let's turn in our Bibles, please, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we're going to start looking at this, at this again, at revelation knowledge, how we come to it and how it grows in our hearts and minds. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we're going to start reading from verse 6. And Paul writes and he says to them, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. He says, Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. Again, you can see he contrasts them. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart or the mind of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, let's just understand this quickly. I may stop a few times as we read through this portion of Scripture. There are things that God has prepared for you that have not yet entered into your mind. They're waiting for you. But then it goes on to say, God has revealed them. Again, this word is the same root as the word revelation. It means uncovered. He's taken it out. He has made it alive. He has brought it to light. You didn't know it before, but now God has revealed it to us. How? Through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received, now here's the great news, not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Now that word know there 
is a is a is a powerful word. It it talks about revelation knowledge. It's the Greek word epignosis, and we're going to get into this a little bit later. It says we've been given the Spirit of God that we may know. In other words, have a revelation of the things that have been freely given to us by God. He goes on to say these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things to spiritual. The natural man, we have it again, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them. In other words, again, in his own effort, by his own reasoning, he cannot bring about revelation knowledge in himself. Because they are spiritually discerned. But he who searches, oh, he who is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But then we have this wonderful saying, it says, but we have the mind of Christ. You see, folks, we need to understand, as I said at the beginning, all the revelation that you and I will ever need, God has already given it to us. It resides within our hearts because the spirit of God resides within our hearts. Who has the mind of a man except the spirit of a man? So we have the mind of God. Why? Because the spirit of God resides in us. All the revelation knowledge you or I could ever need already abides in the person of Jesus, in the spirit of God within our hearts. Let me back that up again with scripture. Turn in your Bibles to the second book of Peter. Second Peter. Chapter 1. We're going to read from verse 2 to 4. 2 Peter chapter 1. From verse 2 through to verse 4. He writes, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. There we have it again. How is grace and peace multiplied to you? Through revelation knowledge. That's that word again. Epignosis. I've gone and checked these. They, this is not just head knowledge. This is revelation knowledge. We, we, we are empowered. And the grace of God. And the peace of God. Comes alive in our hearts. And changes who we are. Through the revelation of Jesus Christ our Lord. And then he goes on to say. As his divine power has given us. All things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the revelation knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. How is God's power unlocked in us? How is yeah, his, his divine power unlocked? How does it come to life? Through the knowledge thereof. What kind of knowledge? Revelation knowledge. It says, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these... You may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So here we understand again, God is saying this, Jesus, the, the, the scripture is saying the same thing. Revelation knowledge begins to unlock the life of God, the promises of God. The experiential relationship with Jesus comes not through 
our mental reasoning and how well we can figure things out, but comes by way of a revelation. So if all of this stuff is unlocked by revelation knowledge, if, if the truth of God's scripture comes by revelation, how do we tap into it? How do we then get revelation knowledge? This is probably one of the most important questions we can ever ask and one of the most important answers we can ever receive. Where does this revelation knowledge that unlocks the power and the life of God within me come from? Well, there's two portions of scripture I want to read to you and then we'll break that down a little bit. The first one comes from Romans. The book of Romans, chapter 10. And we're going to read verse 17. It's a verse you'll know well. I'll read it for you because it's quite short. It says, So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, faith. What is faith? Faith is the product of revelation knowledge. Remember I said to you that a revelation makes the knowledge that we have come alive. It brings power to it. It brings life to it. It activates faith now this is where i got things but wrong in the beginning because i thought that faith works just by knowing what the word of god says and so i would kind of quote some things and 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 stand on them hoping for results but i hadn't had god actually speak that word to my heart and make it come alive it's in, it's it's important to hear to, to note that this verse says faith comes by hearing the word of god it does not say faith comes by having heard the word of God. There's a big difference. Hearing the word of God means that I am hearing in my heart the voice of God speaking that word, not just generally, but to me. It becomes mine. It becomes personal. It becomes like Jesus stands in my room and he says something that is so specific and so unique to me and my situation that it absolutely comes alive within me. We understand what it means to have a light bulb moment. Bing! Oh, I've read that scripture a hundred times, but now suddenly I see it completely differently. It's as though it's come alive in me and it's producing a result. The result is faith and faith is the substance of of the things we hope for, every promise and every blessing. It's the evidence of the things we do not yet see. You see, faith faith exists, Pastor Andreas often says this, faith is found or faith exists where the will of God is known. Knowledge is the foundation of faith. Knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But not just head knowledge. And this is the key. Revelation knowledge. Jesus speaks about this as well in the, in the parable of the vine. John chapter 15. He says to them in verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you. So here we have Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. We have John, John uh, 15.7 which says, if my words abide in you and you abide in me, you will ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you. Now, this, 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 there's some important words that I want to teach you concerning this whole principle of revelation knowledge and the source of revelation knowledge. I'm going to start with the words for word. There are two Greek words for the word 
word. The first one is this, logos. It means written word. It's that black and white stuff you see on your paper. It is words, text. It could be spoken, but it's 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 just there. It's it doesn't have life in it. So you could say logos produces knowledge. Would you agree with me? You can read any book and gain knowledge. You can read an encyclopedia, you can read a book to gain knowledge, but the knowledge that you're going to gain is Head knowledge, it comes via reasoning. It's a product of the mind. And the Greek word for head knowledge is the word gnosis. G-N-O-S-I-S. Logos produces gnosis. The written word or words that are spoken and processed by the mind produce man's kind of human reasoning and human knowledge. This is the stuff the world operates on. This is all the world has got. But you see, what sets you and I apart is that we are not reliant on head knowledge, which is fallible, which changes. I mean, there are things we were so convinced we knew. Uh, I mean, years ago, you'd have been, you would have been put to death by the church for, for, for suggesting that the earth was round. It was flat. Oops, they got that one a little bit wrong, right? Human knowledge, based on human science... So often lets us down. So often there's things that we find, you know, even today in, 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 in looking at the whole evolution debate and the evolutionary theories. You know, scientists the last 10 years have, have really plugged so, there, there's so many holes in the Darwinian theory of evolution. But the problem that scientists have right now is they don't really have much of an alternative. But scientific fact established evolution is now not only being questioned, it's now being touted as so flawed that it could not possibly be that new species would derive simply by evolution. Science in itself has now contradicted what it says was fact. So what's the point I'm making? Our reasoning can only produce human knowledge. But there's another kind of word. Remember we spoke about logos? The other kind of word is the word rema. R-H-E-M-A. Rhema is a spoken word of God. Remember we said it's heart knowledge? It's knowledge that renews the mind, but it doesn't come from the mind. Its origin is not in the world, nor is it of the intellect. Its origin is from God as he breathes life to your mind through your spirit. And the Greek word for revelation knowledge, as I've mentioned to you, is the word epignosis. E-P-I. G-N-O-S-I-S. Rema is revelation knowledge. Rema, the word Rema, produces revelation knowledge. What is revelation knowledge? It is knowledge that now becomes uncovered, that was always there, that has the potential for life in it, that now becomes uncovered and you can see what you could not see before. And it produces life. It comes from God. And this is the stuff that Jesus said to Peter. Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Folks, in the same way that God breathed life into Adam, so revelation knowledge breathes life into our knowledge of God. The word gains life and it changes us we sense god working in us it completely shifts the way we think about things so often when we believe god for things we try to do so from the point of view of saying 
I've got to repeat this scripture so many times a day so that I can get it from my head to my heart so that finally my heart will get the picture and believe God. Folks, I want to say this to you. Your heart is believing God and holding on to every single promise that it can. Whether that promise be for revelation, whether it be for healing, whether it be for provision. The task of meditating on scripture is not so that our minds can get it dumbed down to our hearts, but it's so that our hearts have an opportunity as we as we wrestle with these things, as we meditate on them, as we think about them, as we pray through them, we give God an opportunity to breathe on that word. That's the purpose of meditation. Meditation is more than just sitting thinking about something all day. That's any any Buddhist monk can do that. The difference between spiritual meditation for the Christian is that I am meditating in conjunction with or in partnership with Holy Spirit. And my heart is open to Him. And I'm ministering and praying in the Spirit. And I'm asking Him to make this word life and light to me so that the power that is contained within it can come alive. You see, folks, it's not enough to just be zealous for the Word of God and to be zealous uh, for the things of God. We need the knowledge of the truth. Romans 10 verse 2 says something very interesting. It speaks of the Jews and it says, For I bear witness, Paul writes, and he says, that they have a zeal for God. They want God, but not according to knowledge. And what's the knowledge he's talking about there? It's that Greek word again, epignosis. They have a zealousness for God according to their understanding or according to their idea of who God is and what God's going to do for them. But it's not according to the stuff that Peter got. They were zealous. But Paul says not according to the revelation of the truth. And therefore, it says, being ignorant of God's righteousness, they, they, they sought to establish their righteousness, not according to the truth of Jesus, but according to their own works. Now I want to read to you three more passages of scripture. That where Paul prays again and again and again. For the various churches that he oversees. And his one prayer. There's one thing that Paul prayed for. More than anything. And I, I want to encourage you. Write these references down. And in your quiet times. Pray these prayers for yourself. Pray them over your loved ones. Please pray them over your pastors. But they are as follows. Let's start off with the first one. The book of Ephesians. Just a few pages on from where you are. Chapter 1, let's see what Paul prays for. Verse 15 through to 18. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, and I'm making mention of you in my prayers, that, this is what he prays, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom, and revelation in the knowledge of him. Wisdom and revelation in the knowledge, epignosis of him. Heart knowledge. Knowledge that is infused with the life of God. He says that the eyes of your understanding. It doesn't say that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. That the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us 
who believe. He said, for, he's praying and he's saying, God, I'm asking you that their, that their knowledge of these things would not just be in their head, but that their spirits would, 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 would come alive, that it would, it would not just be, should I say, head knowledge, but knowledge that comes from deep within their hearts. Again, we see a similar prayer in Philippians chapter 1. It's the very next book, verses 9 to 11. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. That you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by, uh, which, uh, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. Again, he's praying that they would have revelation knowledge. Final scripture, Colossians chapter 1, 9 and 10. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with knowledge, revelation knowledge, epignosis, of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Folks, you, you, you see how important this is for you and I and how much Paul prays concerning this particular subject. The one thing that we need more than any other commodity on earth is revelation knowledge, knowledge that comes alive by the Spirit of God. Now, let me give you one example just from my own life. One of the most dramatic examples of my journey, of my of my walk with God, and it's something that has stayed with me ever since the night that this happened. I've often prayed for people to be healed with mixed results, but I've never prayed for somebody to heal to be healed under the unction of the Spirit and not seen results. I want to say that again. I've often prayed for people to be healed because it's the thing to do. Bring if you're sick, come to the elders. Let them lay hands on you. Let them anoint you with oil. The prayer of faith. Will, will, will heal the sick. And we believe these things. And I do it. Sometimes I see healing. And sometimes I don't see the manifestation thereof. But there's never been an occasion where God has told me to go and pray for somebody. For, for healing to be for them. Where I have not seen the manifestation. One night I was in a meeting. Many people around. They were encouraging people to come and pray for others. God gave me an instruction. He gave me a knowledge of a need out there. And he said I want you to go to that particular person. And I resisted. I'm not going to go into the whole story. But the point is this. That night I saw the first miracle. God working through me. To do something miraculous. That I'd never ever seen before. God gave me an instruction. He gave me knowledge that came from him. And unlocked something within me. Then I lay hands on somebody. And saw a leg, a limb grow. Grew about two to three inches. The man was struggling with back problems. I want to tell you something, folks. You come out of that and you, this, the, the, it, it marks you. This does something to your spirit, man, to your heart, where you followed an unction, a revelation knowledge of God that's changed you. Another example, huge quantum shift in my heart and in my way of thinking, was when God, I had a revelation of God's love for me. God used Romans chapter 8. And a revelation of God's love is what took me from being 
a compartmentalized Christian. In other words, somebody who lived his Christianity on a Sunday and a Wednesday night, but lived his own life the rest of the week. A revelation of God's love so transformed me that I was able to break through all barriers, change my life completely so that I could live for Jesus 100%. I want to say I knew all my, all my life. I grew up singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. I knew it in my head. But my natural understanding was not powerful enough to bring about the change or unlock the grace that I needed within me to produce a certain kind of lifestyle that brought glory to God. What did I need? I needed a revelation. As I close off what I want to share with you today, my encouragement to you is this. Whatever your situation is, know that worrying about it is not going to bring the solution. Bring your situation. Find out what the word of God says about that. And ask God to make that word life and light to you. When you meditate on that word, do so not just in your mind, but do so prayerfully. Asking the Holy Spirit to make that which is logos, rhema. That which is just written and mental understanding to breathe upon it so that it becomes life. That it unlocks within you the faith that is required to take hold of that promise and to bring it into the reality of manifestation. That's my prayer for you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.